Hello and welcome to Sound of Play. Thank you. 
It's the Sound of Play podcast in which every Wednesday we bring you some of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. And joining me, Leon Cox, in Sound of Play 158 is it's a welcome back to Gordy Hab. Thank oh, you. Welcome, Gordy. Uh, this show has been a long time in the making. Uh, it was first mooted that you were going to come back months and months ago, but it's uh, it's taken a long time to get it sorted. But here we are at last. Indeed. And... I think we can call that a strong opening to the show that everybody's just heard there. So uh, we've been given special dispensation uh, by uh, the head honchos at EA <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to share some of your work from Star Wars Battlefront 2. And I know you've uh, now been working with the Star Wars franchise for, I guess, the best part of a decade since the Old Republic and, and Kinect Star Wars back in the early 2010s. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Old Republic was the first uh, Star Wars game that I worked on, and that led to a lot of other Star Wars titles as well. Connect Star Wars, for example. I actually had done a bit of work on uh, a, a Star Wars game title 1313, which uh, uh, sort of disappeared. But, yeah. uh, oh. you know, that was another one in the lineup. And, um, you know, ultimately led to my work on Battlefront 1 and 2. What a shame that we're never going to get to hear that, or are we? Have, no, have, it is a shame. You, you haven't been able to um, fr- liberate some of that music and repurpose it at all. <laughs> no, unfortunately, I wish we, I wish we could, but oh. alas, we cannot. Yeah, that was sounded like that game was quite a, at a reasonably advanced state of development as well when it when it was uh, when the plug was pulled. Yeah, it was. It was pretty oh. far along. We'd already recorded quite a bit of the music and uh you know it's pretty far in goodness uh, me what are you going to do well as uh pitfalls and hazards of the industry i suppose um but we have got to hear some more of your uh stellar uh work in every sense of the word there from uh battlefront 2 um and so that's the combat suite now i understand that also refers back to some of the themes that you wrote for the 2015 star wars battlefront yeah, exactly. Uh, two themes in particular that I made a really strong conscious effort to call back to, which is um, the Republic theme and the Imperial theme. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's simple enough, but I felt that those two themes in particular uh, could really carry through and sort of tie the two uh, games in into one larger franchise. Yeah. Uh, so there's quite a few hints at, uh, at those original themes from the first game. Yes, it makes sense. The those those themes literally uh, of the story uh, obviously carry through Star Wars, and I think I you know I I, I said this last time uh, you were on last March, but I'm going to say it again. I I honestly don't think I've heard anybody quite manage to sort of replicate the sounds of Star Wars. Like, I think people coming into this podcast uh just you know regular downloaders who listen to sound of play every week uh they will have known even if they haven't played battlefront 2 um and obviously they might not recognize the actual themes um sure but they will immediately hear the sounds of star wars what how do you what, how do you do that <laughs> to to somebody who doesn't know how to compose classical music but has been a lifelong sure. fan of john williams what's what's the what's the trick yeah so i mean it was it I don't know if there's one particular trick, but it's more just a philosophy I had about how to approach it, which mm. was, um, you know, I, I sort of saw it as I had two possibilities, really. I could either essentially imitate what John Williams had, had done in the original movies, or I could just draw inspiration from 
and and I felt drawing inspiration from it would be the better choice because then I could do something that was that was original, that felt like it fit in the Star Wars universe. And 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 my approach to doing that was to essentially study the John Williams scores as much as possible, yeah. well in advance of actually writing anything, and then just get that into my head and into my you know sort of my musical DNA. And then I could basically do anything I wanted. I could write my own music exactly how I envisioned it, but mm. just use the same uh, color palette yeah. as John Williams. So rather than do a paint by numbers, I would do an original painting. I was just using the same colors, essentially. Yeah. So you make it you make make it sound so easy, but um, it's uh, <laughs> right. uh, it, it's like I I, I imagine uh, having been I'm sure as as you are you know having seen these films many many times and having you know had the music in in your life most of your life if not all of it yeah. is it do you not find yourself sailing too close to the original melodies at times do you have to kind of back away from those consciously yeah you know i yes i i do back away from them consciously and in fact uh you know during the writing process i also made a really strong effort to um well like i like i'd mentioned before i did all of the study and the prep in, in advance of actually starting to write but once i started writing i actually abandoned listening to any of the music from the films altogether yeah. because i would find myself in the beginning working on battlefront one if I was listening to some of the John Williams music from the films that mm. I would have this, you know, this desire, tendency, whatever you want to call it, to try to do something like what I was hearing. And uh, so rather than do that in order to keep it original, I just would not listen to any of that music at all during the entire writing process. Just just trust that the study and, and the preparation that I had done to sort of understand his color palette uh, was going to work and you know then i could just write whatever i heard in my head and do it through this lens of you know the color palette from john williams so um yeah it was it was a strong strong effort to do that you know and it was it, at times it was difficult to not want to go back to those original scores and check them out and you know draw inspiration from it but you know i stuck to my guns and sort of you know kept with that approach and i think it i think it allowed me to write something that was original but that still felt like it came from the star wars universe Definitely. And uh, I think John Williams himself has said he's doing just the one more episode nine and then that's it. Uh, that's my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. So. And obviously uh, we've had, uh, I think we spoke about this last time, we had Michael Cicchino doing the Rogue One. We've had a rather right. different approach recently in uh, Solo. Uh, yeah. From, exactly. who was it? Uh, John Powell. That's right. And uh, and that was that's actually sounded, yeah, that perhaps didn't quite use the same that color palette you were talking about in quite the same way as as other star wars films have in the past but uh yeah, yeah. i'd agree completely different you yeah. know but also quite good music so oh yeah uh, i enjoyed it from a musical standpoint and thought it was kind of cool that he was able to you know branch out from the that original sound as well as he had do you know if john williams has heard any of your efforts would you like would you enjoy that audience yeah of course uh yes and yes uh so uh, yes i believe he has heard you know in, in theory he's heard everything i've written because uh he's actually the last step in the chain of approvals right wow everything i write so lucas lucasfilm gets a chance to hear it disney gets a chance to hear it and then finally john williams gets a two-week period to listen to anything i write huh. and say yay or nay before you know we we finally go to record it so in theory he's heard everything um 
part of me believes that that could be a bit of a courtesy to him and yeah he has two weeks to check it out and you know if we don't hear anything back in two weeks then it is considered approved <laughs> i like so, it and, and i've only received the uh, notes like uh you know maybe you could change this uh, maybe once or twice the, the whole process of working on the battlefront franchise wow so that must be quite some pressure though yeah uh, yeah it is it is for sure <laughs> Good stuff. Now, last time uh, you joined us, uh, you were uh, talking about Halo Wars 2 and you were uh, on here with Brian and Brian Trifon and Lee White. Yep. Uh, and you've also uh, obviously you enjoyed working with them um, and you've brought some of their a couple of their tunes back for us to listen to again in this show. Um, once yeah. again, this is from uh, Double Fine's Massive Chalice and you've chosen the Timeless Threat. What is it about this piece that you think is uh, especially good? I think I chose that because I think it's very representative of the sound that that they um, are best at doing, which is this sort of hybrid, uh, electronic, um, somewhat rhythmic and percussive uh, sound, and, and they do electronic music, in my opinion, in a way that sounds extremely organic and natural and musical, mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to sort of mechanical and you know somewhat sterile which electronic music could be if you were to allow it to be um but they still have this really great ability to to incorporate melody and uh, in a way that feels very human and organic and real and i think that this particular piece of music struck me you know with that type of sound and i think it's really what they're best at That was a timeless, the timeless threat, not just a timeless threat, but the timeless threat from uh, Brian Trifon and Brian Lee White from Massive Chalice uh, and uh, former collaborators of yours. And maybe again in the future, I don't know. But uh, I think this next piece is this uh, this is a collaboration as well, but with a different composer. Uh, and so it shall be. 
And so it shall be. Yeah, so this is um, this is actually a game that I scored, uh, but I, I wanted to I wanted to highlight this particular piece because this is a unique situation. So my assistant, um, uh, Marco Antonini, mm. is also a composer. And yeah. during the time that I was hired to do this particular game score, and, and the game is uh, called um, uh, Land of Glory, and it's a Chinese game uh, uh, developed by NetEase. And um, I was hired to do this game at the exact same time I was very close to the final recording session for Halo Wars 2 expansion pack and Battlefront, the first recording session for Battlefront uh, 2. Right. So a lot of work already on the plate. Um, So with this particular piece, my approach was I actually wrote the main theme and then sort of described exactly what it needed to be musically and then asked Marco if he could take a crack at uh-huh. writing a piece that was based on this theme. And uh, and I think he just did a really amazing job of sort of taking that direction and working with the melodic material I'd given him and creating something that was very unique and, and, and you know, very him in a lot of ways. So um, I thought it was a cool piece to sort of feature and uh, you know, I think he's just an amazing composer and, and deserves to to be heard in that sense. Beautiful. Well, let's hear it then. This is Marco Antonini with "And So It Shall Be" from Land of Glory. Listeners, you may not be familiar with the Chinese MMO Land of Glory, but you will know, regular Sound of Play listeners, that we often have composers on this show. Uh, I've interviewed so many, I can't remember all the names. Matthew Carlyle was one, I think, um, who do a lot of work with the likes of Tencent and uh, uh, Chinese MMOs. Obviously, uh, there's uh, there's a big old um, market and they employ a lot of people as well. Uh, So great opportunities for composers who... Uh, aren't tied down to one studio, which I guess is like 99% of you um, looking <laughs> exactly. for looking for work. Um, Chinese MMOs always probably expanding, always adding more bits and lands, and they always need more beautiful sweeping orchestral scores and whatever else. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and this one's Android and iOS, but you know, increasingly that, like you know, in in my in my sort of fuddy-duddy head, I'm thinking, you know, it's like it's it's just, you know, a mobile phone game or whatever. But actually, it's not really the case, is it? Because you could be playing this on, you know, any any kind of 
handheld device really of course um, yeah yeah plug your controllers and in and whatever it's really impressive you know for something that is just a a, a mobile game you know something you play on your phone mm. that you know they put so much behind it yeah. uh, i mean the fact that you know the the music you you've heard is is the London Symphony Orchestra and yeah. the London Voices Choir, wow. and it's recorded yeah. at Abbey Road Studios. And so they, you know, they're really that's that's like the exact production uh, chain that we had for Battlefront, for yeah. example, which totally. is a huge AAA console game. And here's Top this end. mobile game that that has mm. a very similar you know music budget, so to speak. Yeah, it's a, it's a great opportunity for us to get to hear some of that stuff, uh, even if uh, yeah we're not always familiar with the with the games, or the, even if we wanted to be, we don't necessarily have have the time or the capacity. Right. But uh, the people who are into them are really into them, no doubt. Yeah. Now your next selection, Gordy, is. Uh, I think it was the first ever piece I ever picked for Sound of Play back in the first one of these podcasts we did, uh, but I have absolutely no problem with us playing it again whatsoever. Uh, one of my all-time favourites. I'm very pleased uh, that this is, uh, I think this is often a popular piece with composers as well as us uh, us punters who, who just listen and enjoy to the music. The fact that somebody who knows as much as you do about composing music picks this Gary Scheiman piece as well. Um, yeah. Why do you think it is that it appeals uh, to yeah, people who really know what they're talking about as well as just listening to the music? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's not only just this piece, but the composer himself yeah. uh, is, is what, for me, is, is appealing because he just really is one of these composers that, that truly gets it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, he... he He's, he, he's very studied, you can tell in, in listening to his music that he understands the orchestration and the orchestra itself and, you know, has a very strong command over, over all the colors that are available in the orchestra. And, uh, you know, I chose this piece because I think it is somewhat of an iconic piece of his and people know it really well. Um, but, you know, it happens to be one of my favorite pieces of music from, from his scores as well. So um, I thought it would be a good good one to feature because it's, you know, it just really shows off strong craft and, and and command over the orchestra. Thank you. 
and transported right back to Rapture there. Again, 2007. Can't believe that game's uh, that old now, but uh, there it is. I don't know about you, but I still feel, whenever I hear that piece, I still feel that sense of, I know it's this is a rubbish joke that I've made before, I don't even mean it as a joke, but immersion. like That, yeah. that whole opening sequence where, you know, from the plane crash down to the into the bathosphere and, and beyond, uh, and Andrew Ryan's speech and everything. I, I Honestly, I in my whole life, my 40 plus years of video gaming, I don't think there's an opening to a game that's ever kind of struck me as profoundly hard as that one. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, I mean, it, musically it works so well and it really, you know, feels very much a part of that experience. Yeah, in my opinion. yeah, integral, as is the the licensed music as well, the, you know, the, sure. the old-timey uh, pop songs from the era, uh, which exactly. yeah. all blend in. Yeah, it's an amazing piece of work. Uh, yeah. Even, even and even Ken Levine ap- apologised for the end boss of that game, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, next up, we have some more from Battlefront 2. Star Wars, of course, as if we didn't know. Um, So this is a theme, uh, an extended version of a theme written for a a character who may or may not be familiar to our listeners. So this is, uh, is it pronounced Aiden or Eden? Aiden Versio. Aiden Versio. So this is a a character, is this character introduced for the story of Battlefront 2? Yes, exactly. She's uh, the main character for the single player campaign for Battlefront 2. Okay, and what's uh, what's her is is this theme representative of her character? Is she a, is is she a clearly good or or a character, or is she more of a a, a rogue with shades of grey? She has many shades of grey. So um, you know, I'm going to be giving a few spoilers away here, but uh, her her story is she's essentially an imperial character. Uh, her father is an imperial character, and um, she's truly sort of a, a soldier, a, a warrior. And at a certain point in the single player campaign, she has sort of a, a change of heart and realizing that, um, you know, maybe there's something to this, this whole rebellion. And she mm. kind of has you know, sort of an epiphany and a switch and uh, sort of betrays her father and uh, becomes a rebel hero. And uh, mm-hmm. so with the theme, I wanted to write something that was, that sounded very imperial, that sounded very military, strong, you know, because her character is very strong and she's very powerful. But also there's a moment in this theme where, um, you know, you feel this sort of pulling apart of her and this, this turmoil and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and she essentially betrays her father. And then... Uh, her theme sort of takes a turn and becomes this more heroic uh, rebel theme. So it had to go through quite a few, uh, you know, sort of transitional moments and, and uh, you know, really make these changes and, and but feel organic and still be the exact same theme, whether it's uh, sort of the imperial version of her theme or the rebel version. Awesome. Well, listener, follow the arc of Iden Versio's story throughout this extended version of uh, her theme, her suite, if you will.
So that's Star Wars Battlefront 2 again with uh, Gordy Hab, the composer here, joining me. That was Iden Versio's extended suite from the 2017 game. Still available. I'm not in any way honour bound to tell you that, but uh, but there it is. Uh, I think uh, there was some talk of it at the EA show, the recent E3, um, regarding some sort of changes they've made based on the, re- the initial reception to the game. So uh, hopefully some people will go back. I know the, um, the Battlefront 1 got uh, ended up being, as video games tend to be, quite heavily discounted in uh, digital stores. That's when I picked it up as a right. particularly well-off person. So, um, yeah, look out, look out for sales. And um, yeah, there's that single-player element, which uh, which Battlefront. Well, I say Battlefront One, the the second Star Wars Battlefront One, um, the 2015 yeah. game, the first yeah, dice yeah, game. Exactly. Uh, that didn't really have so much of a first-person uh, element, but Battlefront Two did. Uh, yeah. And I think it's fair to say some uh, some fans were put off by uh, some of the the sort of financial modelling in there. But since um, Dice have you know listened to the feedback and kind of um, backtracked on virtually all of that stuff so uh, yeah, exactly. so hopefully it'll get a second wind obviously i realize as a composer uh, you are not party to any of those decisions or anything like that of uh, course but you know it, you know they they were unfortunate but you know to the credit of ea and dice and, and yeah motive and criterion i mean they they've always been very good about listening to the fans and you know it was it was pretty immediate after receiving that sort of fan feedback, even mm. before release, that they pulled the uh, microtransaction thing out of the game, and, and even since then, they've been really attentive to, you know, fan feedback and made changes to the game, and you know, they they're really trying hard to make it, uh, you know, something that people are desired to play because it's really a great game at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah, and of course, I know from speaking to composers over the years doing this show that really all you want is as well as people to enjoy the game is you want as many people as possible to hear the work that you've lovingly lovingly crafted over like two years of your life or whatever however long it might be of course of course and and the same goes for anyone working on the game you know the artists and the voiceover artists and the yeah of course graphic artists etc that you know everyone puts so much into it and they just want the world to see it hear it and enjoy it and i think the narrative uh i think some kind of some of the more rabid fans uh who kind of thrive on the drama and the and the conflict between uh creators and players would have you believe that these situations are irretrievable but i think we've seen with uh the way that no man's sky is i think kind of turning things around from what was an even more vitriolic backlash back when that came out and now we're at the time of recording we're a few days away from the latest update for that game and a, and a launch on a new right. console and i think people's i think hearts and minds have been kind of you know maybe not entirely but one back and i think um yeah, I think maybe Battlefront 2 could be another case of that if, uh, you know, if everyone pulls in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I agree. Now, I love this next pick. Uh, I don't think we've ever featured this game or this composer before. Um, it's a, it's an interesting game that uh, finally, uh, quite recently, got a sort of HD or remastered version after years of being a PC exclusive. Uh, the game Outcast. I remember it getting a... Yeah a positive review in Edge magazine back in 1999 when it first came out. But they were talking about how it was a really unusual piece. It's like built in voxels. It's a, I think it's a Belgian game, which, you know, not, yeah, um, right. not, not that, not that known for, you know, a being a hive of, of game creation. So 
Uh, this piece from Lenny Moore for Marion, is this a game that you actually enjoyed or is this a case of you love the composer and you want to showcase this piece that you this, like? This is a, a bit more of a case of I love the composer. And, you know, Lenny is a close friend, but also, I mean, we became close friends because we sort of relate musically so much. And, you know, we, we had worked together actually on The Old Republic because he's one of the composers there as well. Right. Um, and we just we just really hit it off we, uh, on a, from a musical standpoint. So mm. uh, I wanted to feature a piece of his music because I just think he's you know truly one of the gifted most gifted composers working in the game industry. And uh, you know this particular piece just sort of rung true to me, you know, as something that represents his musical aesthetic very well. I think it's a beautiful piece harmonically and melodically. Uh, the orchestration is just absolutely stellar, which he does himself as well. Um, and, you know, he, he just deserves to, to be heard because this is the, I think it's a piece of music that's maybe not, you know, a, as very often played, you know, mm -hmm. and I think, it, you know, maybe it kind of, I wouldn't say swept under the rug, but, I, you know, I, I feel it deserves, you know, sort of a resurgence and people should be able to hear this. So I wanted to give it a feature. Well, Let's do what we can. This is uh, Lenny Moore's Marion from Outcast.
from Outcasts, the 1999 game by uh, Appeal, and that is available now on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One as well in a sort of remastered format. Uh, I think uh, I think the the reviews weren't as positive this time around, but I think for fans of the game who didn't have a way to play it anymore, uh, it's definitely worth checking out. And those generally curious about the history of the medium, uh, it's a game that's on our big list of games to cover someday on our other podcast where we deep dive on video games. I think that'd be an interesting one. Definitely. Next up, we have... Uh, a piece from, um, I guess, Gordy Hab, uh, one of the collaborative works, along with the Bryans, not the tennis playing Brian brothers, but uh, <laughs> Lee White and uh, Trifon from uh, Halo Wars 2, which uh, came out last year, about a year ago now, just over, actually. Uh, and this is a piece of which I believe you're justifiably proud, Isabel's Awakening. Tell us about yeah, this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's a very strong theme that, uh, that was created for one of the main characters in the game. And, um, you know, she, she has a, you know, in very many ways, similar um, sort of, you know, strong heroic character, um, like the arc of Aiden, mm -hmm. you know, for example, uh, from Battlefront. But uh, with, with uh, Isabel, you know, she comes into the, the Halo Wars universe sort of in a time of like extreme turmoil and, you know, has to become this hero, uh, you know, very quickly in order to sort of save the day. And so the arc of her theme sort of follows this vulnerable, um, maybe even somewhat sad, um, you know, nervous character that over the course of her character really comes into her own and becomes this hero. And, um, you know, so the, the theme needed to follow that, that same uh, shape and arc. So hopefully that was accomplished here.
Isabel's Awakening from Halo Wars 2, last year's uh, kind of all-action RTS, if, uh, if if that's not an oxymoron. I don't think it is in the case of Halo Wars 2. Did it still have a uh, all-units button? That's the most important thing. With, right, with, exactly. Uh, <laughs> just all-units. Uh, so that was uh, composed by my guest Gordy along with the Bryans. Uh, and this is another piece uh, that Gordy wants to feature from uh, Brian's, uh, the Bryans' other work on Massive Chalice. And this piece is called Plan of Attack. And um, what is it you like about Plan of Attack? I mean, very similar to how I describe what I love about their music uh, for the first piece we played from the same game. Uh, this, I feel, also has, you know, really sort of features their aesthetic well. And uh, this one, more from a melodic melodic and textural standpoint, I think. Um, you know, again, they had this really great ability of taking sort of an electronic palette and making it feel very organic and human and real. And I think this is just another good example of that, um, albeit, you know, a bit more textural and melodic than the, than the first track we played. Plan of Attack 
from Brian Trufon and Brian Lee White from Massive Chalice. That game came out uh, back in 2015, PC and Mac and Xbox One. It was a game with gold. You may still have it in your collection if you've been an Xbox One owner for a few years. Well worth checking out. It's, uh, it's a rather interesting and curious double fine uh, developed uh, turn-based strategy game. Uh, with some yeah some genuinely original and different ideas uh, and I think it's another one of those games that has I suppose what you'd call a, a kind of zealous cult following so whereas yeah. it might might not have been played by billions um, the people who do play it kind of really love it get really into yeah, it exactly yeah we got two pieces remaining uh, both from I guess Gordy composed by Gordy this one uh, is another from the land of glory MMO uh, which uh, now I think uh, again, forgive me, I don't know too much about this game, but uh, I, the title of this track, Luminance, relates to something that's quite important in the world of Land of Glory. Is that right? Yeah, it is, and, and it's, it's more uh, environment uh, specific than <laughs> anything. But um, there's this uh, this this tree of luminance is, is what they call it in the game, and it's, right. it's actually the imagery of it is this beautiful you know, ancient 2000 year old tree that sort of has this glow and this aura mm. about it. And so this was essentially to accompany uh, that imagery in the game. And uh, so this, this particular piece, it, it calls back to the theme from the first piece we played from the game earlier. And, yep. um, you know, so you'll hear hints and fragments of that theme, but, uh, you know, developed in a much more, you know, sort of broad brush strokes uh, sort of way you know, much more, you know, flowing and, and sort of beautiful. And uh, it features a, a, a solo uh, vocalist as well as a full oh, choir. It yeah. was all recorded at Abbey Road. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's something I thought was very beautiful and, and, you know, quite different than a lot of the other music I was featuring of my own. Uh, so I thought it'd be fun to play this as well.
lovely stuff, Luminance by Gordy Hab from Land of Glory. Uh, the 20, I think it came out in, it seems to be one of those games I was looking looking it up and it sort of came out over a period of time, various yeah, versions yeah. across the globe. Exactly. 2017 was the initial launch and then, yeah. and, and, you know, sort of uh, various launches since then, you know, in different markets. Yeah, it gets built upon, ever expanding. Wonderful. Remember, listener, please venture over to our forum, canarince.com slash forum, or you can do it on Twitter at canarince. Use the hashtag sound of play. You can even go to our Facebook page and uh, request favorites. We'll continue to include a selection of those in the playlist for the regular show when we don't have uh, a composer guest on who gets to play his own music and pick other music because, you know, it's a bit special. So that's just, you know, you're going to have to deal with that. (laughs) Please subscribe (laughs) to this podcast and leave us an iTunes or Apple podcast review or rating. Uh, We still don't have loads of those for sound of play for whatever reason. Uh, You tell us you love the show, but uh, if you could uh, back that up with a review or a rating on on wherever you get your podcast that's really appreciated as is a follow on the social media outlets uh, that you use twitter facebook instagram and if you really enjoy all that we do uh, and the effort that goes into kind of bringing it all together and making it and putting it out there you can donate to our patreon patreon.com slash rinse and a dollar a month also gets you early podcasts uh, back uh, in the world of the other show the cana rinse show and exclusive monthly shows with jay and i and we do format specials now every three months we've got a mega drive and uh or genesis show for the for our americans uh and that is available exclusively to patrons uh, for the first three months before it goes free to all so if you've ever thought about donating a dollar and now's uh, a good time to do it as any uh so gordy before we hear about your last piece i thank you for your time thank you for having me it's been great and uh, do you want uh, anything to plug? Uh, feel free, social media, SoundCloud, any work you've got coming up that you can talk about? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, uh, you can follow me at Gordy Hab. It's G-O-R-D-Y-H-A-A-B at Gordy Hab on Twitter. And then I'm also on Facebook on the same name. Um, you can check out some music on my website, which is GordyHab.com, uh, and also on SoundCloud, same and uh, as far as projects coming up, as as it always tends to go in the video game industry and, and even the film industry uh, as well, uh, things are very secretive. But I can promise you there are a couple of really cool games that are coming around the corner yeah. uh, that I'm starting to work on now. And also um, some a couple pretty big films uh, that I'm very excited about that I'll be working on as well. Uh, and I can't wait to tell you more about them when I'm allowed. Oh, that's that is exciting. I know. Uh, I understand that uh, congratulations are in order for an award as as Cap Composer's Choice Award this year as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly for uh, for Battlefront Two, which was very exciting, and actually Halo Wars Two was nominated as well. So um, that was a huge honor to both be nominated for you know the two games I've been working on for the past couple of years, but also to win for the music I'd written for Battlefront Two, which I'm you know of course very proud of and was very honored by that. And there's a billboard article, uh, which uh, which I can only quote from, but it says, as composer Gordy Hab games, the Star Wars universe, could he be John Williams' heir apparent? Well, I said that like a year ago. So, you know, I was ahead of the curve there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we shall see. Time will tell. Uh, I really hope that that comes, uh, comes to fruition. And speaking of which... Uh, as if you you know your CV wasn't apparent enough, this final part uh, that we're going to play for you, this final piece, uh, is 
called the, the planets of Star Wars Battlefront 2. Uh, this is almost six minutes, and I guess this takes in, uh, well, tell us, take us on a tour of the, uh, of the Battlefront 2 galaxy. Yeah, essentially, that's, that's what the goal of this was. This, was, uh, this is a, uh, a montage, you know, a music edit of all of my favorite uh, environment uh, music pieces. Uh, sort of put together into something that tells more of a, a story of all the, you know, the environments in the in the game. And, uh, you know, this really is just sort of a, you know, if I was going to call it anything, I'd say it's sort of a music highlight reel of mm-hmm. my favorite moments from the sport. And which planets are we looking at here? Can you remember the uh, name them all? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so Bardos is featured uh, quite a bit. Um, also... Um, Helio, which is a planet in the single-player campaign, all right, gets uh, quite a strong feature in this in this particular montage mm-hmm. uh, because there are quite a few uh, thematic um, uh, moments for that planet, and mm-hmm. in particular because we see the, the planet twice. We see it when it's when it's alive, uh, thriving, you know, beautiful planet with you know lots of colors, and we also see the planet when it's sort of a desolate, uh, war-torn zone. And, uh, you know, so the, the, the theme that I had written for it had to sort of have two uh, versions and then many variations of either. Awesome. Well, we'll leave our listener with it. Gordy, I want to thank you one more time for joining us and uh, taking time to share your music with us. Thanks so much. And uh, yes, listener, we'll bid you farewell with the planet of Star Wars Battlefront 2 by my guest Gordy. Uh, please enjoy your trip around the galaxy.